Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by teaching pastor Clayton Keenan, executive pastor Eric Ferris, and our special guest and good friend, Chris Baker from Inc. 180. Chris Baker! Yes. Celebratory noises! Celebratory noises! You didn't, you didn't have any celebratory noises, Eric. <laughs> You guys have started to say it for me. You've stole my thunder, so <laughs> I don't need to say it anymore. Oh, Chris, our church had the pleasure of hearing from you during our February Inspiring Stories weekend, and the three of us are excited to have you back with us. And for those of you who are not familiar with Chris, he is the founder of Inc. 180, uh, which is a tattoo shop in Oswego, Illinois, but... It's not just your average tattoo shop. It's also a ministry where Chris has removed or covered up nearly 6,000 tattoos of former gang members and sex trafficking victims, which is amazing. So uh, for those of you listening, if you want to hear more about Chris's story, uh, how God has changed his life and how God is using Chris, you can actually hear the full interview between Chris and our senior pastor, Jim Nicodem, if you go to ccclife.org slash sermons and look for the message titled Inspiring Stories Weekend with Chris Baker. Now, before we get into the passage, Chris, we usually get to uh, do this little get-to-know-you game with our guests, and so we're going to ask you a quick question. Uh, I'm going to start us off, okay? Question, how old were you when you got your first tattoo? I actually got my first tattoo on my 18th birthday, and to be very honest, my my goal with that was to infuriate my very Catholic mother. Uh, Mission accomplished. (laughs) What was it? It was really, really dumb. It was my initials on my bicep, and it was like the size of a postage stamp. But uh, yeah, she was she was not too happy about it. I can't wait to show Chris how lame my one tattoo is. (laughs) I can't wait. It's gonna be a real moment on this podcast. It's not a Tasmanian devil, is it? It is not a Tasmanian devil. All right, Chris. My question for you is this: What is the special meaning of this song to you? I already know it. It's the best show ever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they were like the most gangster cartoon characters ever. Growing up in LA, man, it was like Animaniacs. Now it's on. It's back on. You can watch it. They have new episodes. I feel like I saw an episode of that as an adult, and I didn't realize how much went over my head it as is, a kid. Right? Yeah. The things we didn't know back then. I wish I still didn't know some of it, but not best cartoons ever. Loved it. Clayton, what's your question? All right, so I know that originally you are from the West Coast, but you you are in Chicago now. Yes, sir. Uh, what happened that you decided to live here? It's kind of a sad story, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, I grew up in South Central LA, so I you know I didn't grow up in like the nicest part of Cali, but uh, growing up, a lot of my friends were in gangs, and I lost seventeen of my friends growing up to the madness of gang violence. And the last one was you know my friend Dante that. We really told that story um, the weekend I was here, and it was it was probably one of the most important things that ever happened in my life, one of the most life-changing things. But um, unfortunately, Dante was a gang member. He spent some time in, in jail, two years. and But when he was locked up, he found Christ and got baptized and was just going a different path and wanted to move away and get away from the gang. But um, the night that we were having a party for him, when he got home, he was shot and killed in a drive-by shooting. And I was three feet away from him. And... I, uh, I went home. My, Lisa and I had been talking about leaving the West Coast just because all the madness back then um, with the, the riots and everything. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the 
the last straw, you know, and my wife is from Chicago, so she's got a huge Italian family here, and we wanted our kids to be close to family and grow up around families. So. Mm, yeah. yeah, and we love it. You know, nine months, of the, nine months out of the year, it's a great place to live. <laughs> Italian family. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm I get liking, so big, I'm liking man. them already. That's how I get so big. I'm the only Irish person in that big Italian family, so... Figure out how that one goes so, at Thanksgiving. Yeah, how does that go for you? Because Italians are very expressive. If they're thinking it, they're saying it. And as far as I know, Irish people just kind of suppress anything they're thinking or feeling <laughs> oh, until eventually they die. No, so, no. See, not I, my Irish family. <laughs> not mine either. I don't know what kind of Irish people you're hanging with. But. Apparently, I, I, know the quiet, I know the quiet ones, apparently. No, I, I give it right back to them. You know, they, they asked me, like, what size cement overcoat I wore. And, you know, I threatened to take them out back and give them a little what for, but... <laughs> no, they're, it's fun. They're, it's all in love, and they're they're great people. Oh, okay, good stuff, Chris. Thanks for uh, answering our questions, Clayton. I'm gonna throw it back to you because you're gonna tell us what passage that we're all looking at today. Yeah, we're gonna be in Leviticus chapter 19. Let me give a little context for this. Uh, first of all, we're smack in the middle of a strange book, uh, Leviticus, as we've been reading is full of all sorts of things that most people usually choose to kind of just skip over, let's be honest, uh, when they're reading through the Bible. Um, But we're taking on the challenge. We figure, uh, you know, Paul said everything in Scripture is from God, and it's all useful for something. Uh, And so we're taking God at His word that this is actually something we can get something out of. But for this chapter in particular, we've got a couple of really intriguing things about this. Uh, It's mostly a, a, a group of laws, so different commands, uh, and there's a huge range of laws. Some are, are very unusual. Some are like some of the most important laws in the whole Bible. In fact, when Jesus was asked what was the most important law, he he named the most important one, which is love God with everything you've got. But then he threw in the bonus one. He said the second most important one is from Leviticus 19, and it's love your neighbor. And so uh, we're going to read this chapter, and we're going to get the whole thing uh, here, and we're going to try to uh, figure out how do we understand some of these laws that are so big and some that seem so strange. So Eric, go ahead and read to us Leviticus 19. I will, but I just want everybody who listens to the podcast to keep score at home. When I assign texts for Clayton to read, they are often (laughs) short and relatively easy to read. If you're paying attention to these podcast episodes, once again, Clayton has stuck it to me. I will be reading all of Leviticus 19. Here we go. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must respect his mother and father and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make gods of cast metal for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because he has desecrated what is holy to the Lord. That person must be cut off from his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God." Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another, do not swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. Do not defraud your neighbor or rob him, do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God, I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. 
Do not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly, so you will not share in his guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Keep my decrees. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your fields with two kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. If a man sleeps with a woman who is a slave girl promised to another man, but who has not been ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment. Yet they are not to be put to death because she has not been freed. The man, however, must bring a ram to the entrance to the tent of meeting for a guilt offering to the Lord. With the ram of the guilt offering, the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord for the sin he has committed, and his sin will be forgiven. When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years you are to consider it forbidden, it must not be eaten. In the fourth year all its fruit will be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year you may eat its fruit. In this way your harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God." Do not eat any meat with the blood still in it. Do not practice divination or sorcery. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. Do not cut your bodies for the dead. Or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness. Observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Rise in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. When an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native-born. Love him as yourself, for you were aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights, an honest ephah, and, and an honest hin. Is that hin or bin? I need hin. to wear my glasses today. <laughs> I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord. All right, Eric, you did all right. 37 verses. You got through it. You did it, man. Um, 37 verses full of variety. And I, like... I intentionally had us include all of it because there is a little bit of like whiplash in this where you're thinking, man, some of this is just like so solid, so profound, and some of it feels so strange. And when you're reading, you're like, what do I do with this? So we're going to try to get to, to the bottom of some of this. We're not going to be able to talk about all of them, obviously. Uh, but let's start with uh, the, the next step in the comma method, which is O for observation. And let's just notice some things. So call out some things uh, that you noticed uh, in this passage uh, that, that seems striking to you. Uh, multiple times, the idea of not mistreating foreigners or aliens or people who are disadvantaged, like the blind or or the mute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I noticed that it, with all the various laws, they all seem to have this principle of loving and honoring God, and then loving and honoring people. Yeah. I I noticed this uh, repetition. Did you Did you notice it? Almost you almost start to tune it out because it's so frequent. Where it's at the end of every couple of laws, it says, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord. I kind of 15 times uh, it, it said that. It seemed like, uh, you know, like, don't forget, <laughs> don't forget, you know? Yeah, I think some of it, you know, when you're talking about the foods and, you know, not eating food with blood in it, I'm, you know, it's almost like a health code violation type of thing, you know, so much of it. Um, not eating fruit off of trees unless they're, you know, five years, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, 
getting your hair cut, not in, not wearing clothing with mixed fibers. It's like so many of these, and I've discussed, obviously, I've just, this is a topic I've discussed with folks a lot. It's just so much of it is not really, it's, I don't want to say it's not valid, but it doesn't apply to current day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's figuring out which is which, you know, yeah. Be- because, you know, I think about, obviously we brought you in because of the tattoo. Right. Line. Absolutely. You know what I mean? um, 100%. Uh, if you, if you didn't watch the, if you didn't watch the interview, uh, go ahead and, and look Chris up. You'll, you'll, you'll realize <laughs> he, he might have a few tattoos. I have a couple. Um, but the, the funny thing is the tattoo law is uh, right after don't degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute, which is when we'd say, please, please keep that law. Um, but it's right. after the one that says, don't cut the sides of your hair. And so figuring out which ones are which can be tricky for some people. Intuitively, we might have a sense, but knowing why one we keep and one we don't is the, the trickier part. Yeah. In a previous episode, we talked about the fact that the way to read Old Testament law is to ask yourself, what is it that God values behind the law or the rule? And so it is, uh, it's probably not the best way to read Leviticus to just start randomly chucking out the laws that, you don't, that, that don't strike you as pertinent at face value, right? Because if we did that, like if we had two categories, laws that make sense to us and we're going to nod yes to, and laws that we think are ridiculous and we're just going to put them in that, nah, doesn't, doesn't matter to me kind of category, until we get behind the law and ask, what is it that God values? What was it that he was trying to teach his people about how to live in a society the way he created life to be lived that he's getting at with this? Uh, until you do that, uh, you haven't quite got to really understanding the heart of God with some of these. And Chris, how many times has someone brought up Leviticus 19 to you? Oh my gosh, almost every day. We read that, let me, <laughs> almost, almost every, every day. day. I'm serious. We read that verse again. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, heard well, that verse it's, quote a lot. it's funny though, you know, I never hear people convicting other people on Leviticus 19 because they're eating a steak, you know, or <laughs> yeah, getting a haircut. Yeah, with the blood, like, yeah. oh my gosh, you got your haircut. You're a sinner. And I'm like, eh. that's a good point. You know, it's it's almost exclusively the tattoo thing. Yeah, you know. And my thing with with this is, if people don't like tattoos, I respect that. I don't get offended or bothered if people don't like tattoos. Um, but it's like, man, I've. <laughs> You know, I'm f- almost 50 years old. I've done things that I'm really ashamed of in my life that are way worse than getting a tattoo that I'm working on with God. So it, it's just odd to me that people only seem to point out the tattoo aspect when they look at Leviticus. Have you ever planted a fruit tree and ate the fruit in the fourth year? Oh, yeah. Because I got some judgment coming your way if <laughs> yeah. you've done it. Yeah, I think that I think that uh, wisdom of saying get get behind it and see what what's there because it um, there 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 are plenty of these like obviously you can tell that we would say the, these are not uh, necessary for someone to to continue to follow but in order to get there we we ask the question okay well what originally did God say this is valuable enough that at this time and place this is important one of the things that is helpful and a good study Bible will often point this out uh, is when it comes to uh, you know, that verse, uh, cutting your, your bodies for the dead and putting tattoo marks on yourselves, um, those had very particular meanings in the cultures that uh, the Israelites were living in. So to say you're going to cut cut yourself for the dead, that was actually a part of kind of pagan worship. It was right. something that represented, um, you know, certain beliefs about uh, the dead and the afterlife and the gods and so on, uh, that it was participating in something that God was saying, I don't want you to have anything to do with that. That's, uh, that's, that's false. That's going to get you in touch with something that's spiritually unhealthy. And so the tattoos meant something different than they do now. Uh, and, and so they uh, would represent to the world uh, a way of interacting with God and the, the spiritual world that 
that God was saying, don't do that. Uh, whereas today, they just, they don't mean that. that it's not the same kind of uh, religious activity uh, that would be in, in the Old Testament. Yeah, I don't remember uh, what previous podcast episode it was, but we were talking about the fact that idols are non-gods, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, idols don't speak, idols don't deliver anything. And so part of the predicament, if you're worshiping an idol, is you're trying to figure out what makes my God happy or mad, or you're trying to get the attention of your God, but it's a non-God. So you're, it's, it's, a, it's a game you can never win, right? Well, part of the disfiguring of the bodies was they would cut their bodies when they were mourning as a way of trying to get the attention of their God. Um, and so now hold that in contrast to Right now, we're reading Leviticus, where God is very clearly speaking to his people and saying, this is the way I created life to be lived at this best kind of way, and he just keeps reminding them, I am the Lord your God. So here is a God that is speaking to his people saying, don't fall into that crazy pattern of worshiping these non-gods, and that whole cutting your body. Has anyone, Chris, when they're talking to you about tattoos equated cutting of the body with like the needle that you use for a tattoo? They, yeah. In fact, they have. Um, one of the things that we do with the ministry is we help people that were doing self-harm or, mm-hmm. or cutting themselves. So that's something that's very closely tied, right? Um, and we cover those scars with with tattoos. But um, when we started doing that, my concern was that it's very similar to the process of somebody cutting themselves, mm-hmm. the physical act the only difference is we're leaving a, a beautiful design instead of a scar. Um, but the the counselors that we work with, you know, I, I talked to a lot of different psychiatrists and counselors when we were asked to start doing that for folks to ask them, is this going to be a different kind of thing where it's going to be the kind of the same thing for them? And they explained to me that it, it is different. It's more of a mental tie-in to releasing inner pain. Um, and the tattoo is actually something that's very therapeutic and in, in healing, where they can look at something beautiful to encourage them from doing that in the in the future. Wow. Um, let's let's take a, a a step back from just the particular tattoo law and look at some of these other ones here, because I, I think it actually paints a really incredible picture. Uh, one of the things that um, I like to do when um, when reading the laws is to imagine what would happen if everybody did this. So you, you get the sort of the, the impact of what this would be. And some of these are, are really, really profound. Um, so, you, you know, you, you've already mentioned, Eric, the, the stuff, you know, when someone who's uh, a foreigner who's from a, another place is with you, if you treat them with dignity and respect, what actually happens there? Uh, you know, like you imagine a society where that happens and the kind of uh, problems that are created by creating an us and them when you've got a group of people who feel like outsiders even where they're, where they're living, um, that's a big deal. Or you get stuff like, uh, stand up in the presence of the aged, you know, like show respect for the elderly. Like that seems like a simple thing and almost seems a little silly to us. It's like, well, okay, well, what's, what's a big deal. But if you lived in a society where everybody was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out of my way to show respect to someone who's further along than me. Like what you, what would you end up with? You wouldn't end up with a, you know, conflict between generations. You'd end up with older people who felt respected and therefore trusted younger people and younger people who are humble and therefore learn from older people. And like, We'd all benefit from stuff like that. You you do that with all of these laws and you end up with this beautiful picture of a community I would want to live in. Yeah, like verse nine, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Don't go over your vineyard a second time and pick up the grapes that have fallen, leave them for the poor and the alien. That's so cool because that is saying, don't consume 100% of everything that you have, but intentionally leave 
set some aside for others. That's a real. You're, I'm I'm playing your game right now. Yeah. Imagine a society where all of us in a society didn't just assume that a hundred percent of what I have is to be used by me for me, but I'm to set aside some for others. Yeah, that'd be a pretty rocking society. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah, and then you look at the stuff that's really obvious to obvious too. Do not steal. Yeah. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. You know, don't swear. Don't swear falsely. Do not defraud, defraud or rob your neighbor. Uh, like, do not curse the deaf. Like, don't talk about somebody behind their back when they can't hear you. You know what I mean? Like, don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. Like, it's obvious. Those are really, really simple things. If everyone would, but do not pervert justice. Like, it's very simple yet profound things. If you think about it in that aspect, if we all did that, what would the world look like today? Yeah. Yeah, the other one, too, that really sticks out to me, um, just because of the work that I do with sex trafficking survivors, is the one about, you know, not making your daughter a prostitute. And to to most people, you're like, well, yeah, of course, you know. Unfortunately, we live in a world where that is happening, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I see that a lot, unfortunately. We, you know, and that's a whole other topic for a whole other day, but um, something, you know, some things seem so obvious but unfortunately, these are things that are happening. Yeah. All right. So for those of you listening out there, you may not be aware of when we record these podcast episodes. Uh, the truth is sometimes we're not even aware of when we're reporting, <laughs> recording these podcast episodes. We just show up in the podcast studio and things happen. Uh, we are actually recording this episode the day after the Super Bowl happened, and Chris was down at the Super Bowl. So first of all, holy cow, dude. Like You were yeah. just at the Super Bowl, and now you're sitting in our podcast studio Monday afternoon. Uh, so one, how did you make it back here so fast? It, the answer just can't be airplane, by the way. No, no, no sarcasm. Uh, only Clayton's allowed to be sarcastic. He's got a strong <laughs> sarcastic streak. Uh, what were you doing down there? So we go to the Super Bowl every year. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, how do you get tickets? Yeah, I haven't been to the Super Bowl ever. Um, but I've been going to the Super Bowl for about the last six years with different organizations, federal law enforcement partners to uh, fight sex trafficking to educate people while we're down there, speak in churches. I spoke in a prison down there. But the main role of a, uh, our whole team is to go and find kids that are being trafficked for sex because big events like the Super Bowl are a huge draw um, because it's a boys' weekend typically. You know, big companies will take their top 10, 15 clients down there. It's a bunch of guys uh, go out for, you know, great steak dinner, cigars, and then things go down a path a lot of the times. And Pimps and traffickers will descend upon these events like the Super Bowl, the Final Four, the Kentucky Derby, uh, political conventions to sell their victims. And we go down there. This year, there was a collective of about 3,000 people that went down there for the sole purpose of finding missing kids. And uh, working with federal law enforcement, um, we were able to assist this whole big team was able to assist law enforcement, both federal and local, in finding and locating 317 kids. Wow. What, what do they train you to do? This is, in, this is intriguing. So what, what I did, I'll, I'll give you the short version of it, but basically there's some pieces of software that are proprietary that we use that pull the database for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, so all the missing posters you see when you go into Walmart, with... Um, the escort ads that are being run in whatever area we're working. So it pulls all those off the the internet, the dark web, 
and those have pictures, videos, phone numbers. And then we have um, also another piece is a company called Securus has a piece of uh, software and a database where they can pull all the phone calls that called those phone numbers for ads from inside the, the jails and the prisons because a lot of the pimps, traffickers, and gang members that are trafficking are incarcerated or they're locked up, but they're still running their enterprise from inside the jail. So we gather all these intelligence, put all the packets together, um, hit the cell phones, look for tracking on them, satellite tracking, and then we give all that information, intelligence, to the law enforcement folks, and they actually go out and do the recoveries um, of these these survivor you know victims going into survivors and it's it's a huge team effort and it's it's so cool to be able to play a role in that um, because you know less than one percent of those who are trafficked are ever recovered alive most of that sounded digital yeah like the work is sitting behind a computer screen but do you like you said like three thousand of you were down there yeah are there uh, men and women like walking around on the streets kind yeah. of looking for faces and yeah so during the day we do all the the, the computer stuff right uh-huh. the, the nerd work as I like to call it and we do that during the day and then at night we have teams that'll go out and do street outreach and we'll go outside the you know the strip clubs and the massage parlors and just the the area, the downtown area where all these crowds congregate. Um, we did a really cool thing I, I want to share. As a couple of years ago, I was in Minneapolis. At the, and whoever thought to do the Super Bowl in Minneapolis in February <laughs> needs to be locked up. But um, we were working with an organization called Triple X Church. Um, and they're a great organization. Craig Gross uh, set up a number of years ago. But anyway, they, they gave us 25,000 business cards that looked like a business card for an escort service. It had like the the mud flap trucker girl thing on there and then a website. And we took those and we were giving them to men, only guys. And if there it was like, a, if it was a guy and a girl walking, we did not give them a card. It was just guys by themselves. We would give them to guys who are lined up outside of these strip clubs. And they were like half a mile long. These lines it was ridiculous. And, when you open that website that's on the card, it looks like an escort service. It's got all these little thumbnail pictures of all these models that are paid to be a part of this website. But then when you click on those thumbnails, it pulls up another photo of that girl, but like a, it's like a, like a crime scene photo, like they were murdered or something. And it said, this is you know so-and-so. She was strangled by her John and this and that and the other. Which is, you know, something that they did to really open people's eyes for shock value. The good part of it, the really valuable part of what they did was that website also contained a lot of links and information so people could get help um, if they're addicted to pornography or buying sex or whatever. It wasn't just a, hey, um, we're going to scare you into not doing this because that doesn't really do anything, right? Um, It was to educate and the cool thing was there were a handful of instances that we gave guys those cards and they like chased us down the street and they're like, man, I don't want this. You know, I'm married. I don't want this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, whoa, 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 you know, I'm a big guy, but some of these guys were bigger, you know? And I was like, let me just tell you what's going on. And I explained the story and they're like, oh man, that's cool. You know, here, I don't want this card. Like, take, I'm like, no, I want you to take it home. I want you to show it to your wife and tell her what your reaction was when you got this handed to you on the street. And they're like, oh, yeah, all right, I'll do that. And I actually got, I gave them my business card then too and like call me because I'd love to hear like what 
your wife had to say about it. So unfortunately, there were a handful of people. I wish there were a lot more that had that reaction. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's fun. stuff. It's, you know, it's kind of funny because when I was a kid, I always wanted to be involved in law enforcement. And due to where I grew up and who I grew up with, you know, I was like, there's no way they're going to hire me as a cop. But now it's like I get the best of both worlds. I get to do what I love to do, and I get to do ministry, and I get to work with some of the best and brightest law enforcement professionals in the world. That's amazing. That's really cool. It's a bit of a diversion from our normal thing, but that was worth it. It's a cool story. Really well, cool story. You know, in a in a big picture kind of way, we're reading Leviticus where God is essentially explaining, yeah. here's how I intended life to be lived. Mm-hmm. And you can read Leviticus and we've been we've been kind of in jest making fun of Leviticus even on the on the podcast. But then you hear you hear stories like what Chris is working to counteract and to fight against and you realize how much darkness is in the world and how much sin and evil is destroying lives. And so if you think of the two pictures, the way God paints a picture of how he created us to live and then what's really going on, um, it, it's helping me right now appreciate Leviticus a little more yeah. um, mm-hmm. to, to say, wow, you know, God, God knows how he created life to be lived, and he's been very clear with us on the, the best way to thrive. Well, and the reason God is telling his people how to do it is so that he can, they can be restorative in the world, you know? Like, the, the, the reason you've got to give all the instructions is because the world's gone down that, that tube, right? And so uh, for God's people to be the sort of people who actually do this, uh, w- one of the things I was thinking about as you were saying that is we got a chapter that's about how to love your neighbor, and sometimes we, we say, love your neighbor, and it feels like a, almost like a weak thing or like a, like a, like a not that exciting kind of thing, you know? Uh, but the reality is to love your neighbor in a world where things like sex trafficking or any of the other injustices that go on, it's it's something that takes courage. And there's there's some, it's an adventure to do that, to, 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 to actually love people uh, who are in truly desperate situations, which is far more people than we like to think sometimes. Um, that's powerful. That's profound. So actually, this is where I want us to go in terms of our, our, our meditation. Um, it's, the, it's the central verse of this passage. It's the, it's the one that Jesus said is the, the, the right up there with, with love God as the most important commandment in the Bible. And I want us to spend a little bit uh, just thinking about this passage in verse 18, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So we're coming to the second M in comma, which which is message. And uh, let's see, why don't we go around? Let's see if we can uh, give kind of a one sentence summary of uh, a message you're taking from this chapter. My message is what is repeated over and over and over again. I am the Lord. 
God is God and he knows how things work best. And so I want to take him at his word and put things into practice that he says are good. Yeah. Uh, just, I think the message can be very clearly just verse 18. Like, you know, if, if God says that it is important that I am to love my neighbor as myself, that means how do I want to be treated? You know, like go above and beyond, put others in my place. Like, just think about it. You know what I mean? Like, how do I want to be treated and take the time to, to go out of my way to make people know that I care about them and I love them. And, uh, sometimes that's hard for people when you don't know them, you don't have a relationship for them, but with them, but that's, that's that first step. Start having a relationship with people, start finding out what they value Start showing them how you value them. Just just show them love. A lot of people need that. A lot of people need that niceness and that kindness because they don't they don't have it. Yeah, yeah. For me, it, it's interesting to me because the main message of this uh, Leviticus passage is love your your neighbor as you love yourself. But I think a lot of people use Leviticus to judge their neighbor, mm-hmm. and um, I I think that. Um, if we all stopped judging people so much and just really truly started loving people despite their their past, their sins, you know, um, it would be a much better world to live in. It's one of the things that I say to people when I speak in, in churches or at events or whatever is, you know, don't judge people because they sin differently than you do. Yeah, there's yeah. no scoreboard. <laughs> well, since I know you're not going to judge me, yeah. I want to show you my one tattoo. <laughs> and uh, and cut, cut I, wish, I wish this was a video podcast so yep. you could see how awesome Chris's tattoos are compared to what I'm about to show you. It's him. not so, on your lower back, is so, it? <laughs> That's awesome. So... You guys, have you guys ever seen my tattoo? Uh, I, so I've seen my, it and not asked you about my, it. My daughter, my daughter wanted to go get a tattoo when she turned 18. It's the parable that Jesus taught about how much God loves everyone. And so it's the analogy of if a, if a shepherd has 100 sheep and one wanders off, he'll leave the 99 and go find the one. So I've got the number 99 on my wrist with a little stick figure walking away from the 99, which as I, as I look at it in comparison to some of Chris's <laughs> tattoos, um, I don't think you could quite call my tattoo art. Um, but it's nonetheless hey, on, I, my, on my wrist. You know, I'll tell you, honestly, all jokes aside, I love the tattoo. I love what it says. It opens up conversations with people about Jesus and what could be bad about that. So there's, you know, I, I love it. I think it's great. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Well, I'll give my message, which is really similar to you guys. Um, I, I uh, honed in on a verse that we didn't talk too much about, but right at the beginning it says, be holy because uh, I, the Lord, your God, am holy. This whole chapter is not just saying what we should do, but telling us that we can actually become like God, and he describes it. Sometimes we think of holiness as something weird, but he actually spells it out. He says, the more you love your neighbor, the more you love other people, the more you become like God. The more you love other people, the more you become like God. Um, so there has been a lot in here. Uh, when we get to A here, uh, the last step for application, I'm guessing that you already have some things in mind where there are people in your life, situations in your life where you need to go out and take a courageous step of love uh, for the people around you. So we'll leave it with that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, friends, that is all that we have for you. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we go, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners? Anything that you want them to know about your ministry, how they can get involved, anything like that? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, if they want to uh, learn more about Inc. 180, there's Inc. 180.com is our website um, or our Facebook, Inc. 180. I'm also on Instagram, all that good stuff. But uh, 
you know, just just look at it with uh, an open eye. You know, if maybe you're somebody out there listening that is against tattoos, that's totally fine. It doesn't bother me at all. But I think that um, we'll give you a different way of looking at tattoos because um, with our beliefs, there's things that we don't tattoo. There's areas of the body that we don't tattoo. And we're just trying to give people a, a different experience if they choose to tattoo themselves. So thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. It's a great way to send him out. So good. It's a great way to send him out. All right, well, friends, join us next Monday as we dig into another passage from the book of Leviticus. In the meantime, if you are not following along with the reading plan, check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading along. Don't forget to subscribe and to leave a, a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.